0: Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Chris, the lead pastor here at New Life. We're so glad you're joining us online. We're so glad you're with us here this evening to worship. We're in the second week of uh, this whole thing of uh, not knowing what's going to happen next, really. And in, uh, I guess the first week of the 15-day government imposed uh, you know, social distancing, all that stuff that's going on to try to keep this COVID-19 uh, uh, coronavirus at bay. Everyone's life has changed. Nothing is the same as it was. In fact, I came back from a trip to India on March the 11th. And from that time, literally everything is different. Schools have been closed. Now a lot of non-essential businesses are closed. The stock market's been on a roller coaster ride and most of it's been down, not going up, that's for sure. And Basically, uh, this whole social distancing thing has Chris Marshall using Facebook. I said I would never use Facebook. Well, I guess never is a really long time, isn't it? So this weekend, we're focusing once again on the situation that's going on all around us. And my message is titled, When in Doubt. When in doubt, a lot of doubts are flying around these days, probably from everyone, from everywhere. There are doubts about what's going to happen next, when or if things are going to go back to normal. There still are those out there who say this is all a hoax, it's all some kind of conspiracy. But one thing is for sure life has been anything but normal. So I Googled the phrase, when in doubt, and, and obviously, when you Google anything, you get millions of responses, but a few, few of them, interesting, funny. The first one, when in doubt, punt. Guess who said that? John Heisman. Yes, he's the guy that, was the, that had the trophy named after him. And when in doubt, Benjamin Franklin said, don't. When in doubt, don't. Now, the next person said, when in doubt, do it. It wasn't Nike. It was Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., and uh, John Merrill says, when in doubt, sing. Well, we could go on and on and on with that. But I have my own answer, and the answer is going to come to you from tonight's take-home point. Before we look at the take-home point, I want to let you know, those of you who are used to doing the outline, whenever we have our messages, here's the thing. You can do that. All you have to do is get your mobile device or any kind of electronic device that has version. I'm going to just do that right now. Go to version. And uh, when you pop it up, down the bottom it says more. You push the button more, and then you'll see events. And when you look at events, you push on events, and it says New Life Christian Ministries. A couple other churches listed there. Click on New Life Christian Ministries. When you do that, you have the outline and the scriptures for the message for this weekend. So if you want to do that, you can do that right now. If you want to use a paper version of that, uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash newlifexn, and you can download it there. In any case, the take-home point for tonight, uh, for today, I should say, for whenever you're watching it, and that's the last time I'm going to use that word, uh, is simply this. When in doubt, trust Jesus and love each other. When in doubt, trust Jesus and love each other. Now, I know I'm a pastor, so you would expect me to say, when in doubt, trust Jesus and love each other. The reality is, I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I'm saying that because anyone who follows Jesus in times of doubt, times of anxiety, times of fear, times of anything negative, the first reality for us is Jesus. The first thing we get to do is turn to Him, trust Him, and then once we have trusted Jesus, we'll have the courage. To love each other. That's an important thing for us to remember today, every day, especially in a situation like we're going through right now. So we're going to turn to several passages of Scripture tonight. Today, we're going to turn to several passages of Scripture, and we're going to look at what it means to trust Jesus what it means to love each other. So the first scriptures from the Gospel of Mark. Mark's Gospel is one of four accounts of the life of Jesus. You find that in the New Testament, which is the, the back one-third of your Bible. If you want to turn there with me now, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 9. We're going to begin in verse 14. Before we do that, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and love. We thank you that in every situation, we get to trust you through your son Jesus we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is inside of us who believe in Jesus who is strengthening us giving us courage giving us the ability to love each other in this situation in every situation God we know that you are in charge and so tonight we ask today we ask that you'll open up our hearts that you will use us God to glorify you in our homes in our workplaces, if we can go there everywhere we are God we pray that we can be used by you to bring you glory and honor and to give courage to one another to love each other. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to look at, as I said, Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14. And we're going to break this down in little bites, take a little bit at a time, and then we're going to reflect on each of those little bites. This is a situation where Jesus and three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, had been away for a few days. And they're just coming back from that time away when uh, this happens. It says, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. Jesus always attracted a crowd, and as he, Peter, James, and John returned, they see this situation. There are nine disciples. The the nine that weren't with Jesus and the three. And there is a group of religious leaders, they're arguing. And surrounding them is a crowd, but they see Jesus. And the crowd turns their attention away from the nine disciples and the religious leaders, and they immediately focus on Jesus. So Jesus asks, what's all arguing about? Jesus and the other three, Peter, James, and John, had literally just come from a mountaintop moment. Jesus had been transfigured with Elijah and Moses. So Jesus and the three had had an amazing, incredible experience. and It must have been a little disheartening to Jesus to see this whole fiasco unfolding before him. So one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. This man's situation was as bad as it gets. He had a son, a son he loved dearly, and this son was possessed by an evil spirit. And it had happened uh, not just that day, not just for a week, but it had been happening all of his son's life. And so he heard about Jesus. He came to get Jesus to heal his son because he knew that Jesus was a healer and Jesus was casting demons out of people. But Jesus wasn't there when he arrived. So there were nine of Jesus' disciples. And he thought, well, these nine disciples can surely do what Jesus would do if he were there. But they couldn't. And so, if you have read this passage before, you know what's coming next. But if you haven't, I think you're going to be a little surprised by Jesus' response. Here's what happens Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, I don't know about you, but there's no way to look at that as anything, but Jesus was flat out frustrated. He was, just, he was just up to here with people not having faith, with people expecting you know, him to do something to solve situations. And this whole situation was just the end of it for Jesus. He said, look, you know, bring the kid here. And they brought the boy to Jesus. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Now, many biblical scholars believe what was happening here was an epileptic seizure. But what we're told by Mark is it was a demon. Jesus doesn't argue with the the diagnosis of a demon. But what Jesus does is he asks for some more information. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. Now I'm not sure why that was important, how long it had been happening, because Jesus never had problems casting a demon out of anybody, so why did he really care? But what we know is, Jesus asked a question and he got an answer. The man replied, since he was a little boy, the Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Notice those last three words, if you can. I think we can relate with those questions right now. You know, Jesus, we need some help if you can. Jesus, our situation is a little desperate here right now. Some of us don't have work. Some of us are physically ill. If you can help us, Jesus, would you please help us? Jesus responds, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. A job can be replaced Health can be restored. Sobriety can be returned. Any situation we're going through in life can be corrected by Jesus if we believe. That's what Jesus said. So the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. The man believed, but he also doubted. The man wanted to believe that Jesus could do something for his son, but he was afraid. He was terrified that maybe... Even Jesus couldn't fix this situation. If we're honest, I think maybe we can identify with that guy a little bit. And the truth is, Jesus doesn't want us whistling in the dark. He doesn't want us pretending that everything's okay. What he wants us to do is trust in him. And if we don't have enough trust, he said, just believe. Because anything is possible for the one who believes. And the man helps us out because the man says, I believe I need some more faith, Jesus. Can you give me some more faith? So that was a prayer. That man was praying. He says, help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus is the son of God. The man is talking to God. So that's a prayer. And here's what we need to know. It's in your outline. You can write it in or actually it's highlighted for you. When we have doubt, the best action we can take is to ask Jesus for help. When we have doubt, the best action we can take is to ask Jesus for help. So here's what happens. It says, When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The the boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Jesus did what the nine other disciples couldn't do. Jesus healed the boy. He cast the demon out of the boy. He restored the boy to his father. Now, we don't know how much faith the man received when Jesus said anything's possible for the one who believed. You know, between the time the man asked for some more faith and the boy being healed, but here's what we do know. He must certainly have had total faith in Jesus after his son's restoration. Sometimes... We don't have total faith until after the storm's over. We don't have total faith until after we're healed. We don't have total faith until the crisis ends. Jesus never wasted a teachable moment. We're told that afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. And some of the early manuscripts of Mark also add This kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. With what we're going through right now, we need some extra prayer and fasting. This past Monday, our staff, when we got together for our usual prayer time, we added a half hour of extra prayer time, and it was the lunchtime when we usually eat our lunches, but we all invested that time in fasting. And some of us have been fasting, you know, for days or at least meals during this time. What Jesus Uh, does for us. It's amazing. He invites us to be part of what he does. Jesus doesn't need us. And the incredible thing is, Jesus doesn't need us, but he uses us to accomplish his will and purpose. And he said, sometimes if we're going to accomplish his will and purpose, we need to pray and fast. This is one of those times. If we're going to accomplish his purpose, we need to pray and fast. So let's move on to the next next truth. When in doubt, uh, love one another. When in doubt, love each other. We're going to look at a scripture that comes from the night before Jesus was crucified. In the gospel of John, we have a long uh, record of what Jesus said to his disciples before he was arrested. And this is one of the most important aspects of that long discourse. It says, when he, that is Jesus, had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. And then he says, little children, that's the 12 disciples, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. If the disciples were ever going to have doubt in their lives. This was a time they were entering when they would. They didn't know it. But very soon Jesus was going to be arrested. He was going to be tried and found guilty. He was going to be crucified. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah. God's deliverer. They believed that Jesus was their Lord and Savior. But within 24 hours, all of those beliefs would be shattered. They would watch Jesus be crucified. They would watch him die and be buried. And they thought Jesus was dead and gone. Jesus was dead, but he wasn't gone. And that's why we're watching right now. That's why we're together right now. That's why we are the body of Jesus Christ right now. Because Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus wasn't an ordinary man. In fact, he wasn't even an extraordinary man. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And so Jesus told the disciples that night to love one another so everyone would know they were his disciples. How will people know during this time when everything is sort of crazy that we are Jesus' disciples? Jesus didn't say they'll know we're his disciples if we know more than they do. He didn't say they'll know we're his disciples if we work harder than anybody else. He didn't say they'll know we're his disciples if we pray more than everybody else. He said they will know we are his disciples if we love one another. On Wednesday, Pastor Barry and I were prayer walking in downtown Saxonburg. The Holy Spirit had led Pastor Barry to do that and also not just to prayer walk as we usually do, but actually to go into any open business and buy some stuff and then ask the people there if they would like prayer. So we went into the bakery on Main Street. That's one of my favorite places to go anytime. But we went in and I bought a half a dozen cinnamon rolls. And then when we asked, can we pray with you? And we received an immediate yes. And we prayed. And then we walked up the street to the Saxenburg Coffee House and our coffee shop. And we, went, we found some new friends in there. We met them, we introduced ourselves to each other. Barry bought me a hot chocolate, and he bought himself a chai tea, and then we said, is there any way we can be praying for you? And they said, well, we need to be praying for everybody. We need to be praying for all the business here in the community. We need to be praying for everybody. that's We're all going through this together. And, and so that was a, you know, that was another positive experience. And then we went to the batch, and I bought a couple of uh, muffins, and Barry bought some pepperoni roll, and then we said, could we pray for you? And, and once again, immediately, yes, you can pray for, for me. And, 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 and she said, not, not just for me, but pray for all the people in our community. You see, I think one of the things that we saw in that brief time of walking up and down the street and going into the open businesses was everybody's concerned about everybody right now. And as followers of Jesus, we can show the love of Jesus to each other in these simple acts. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And one of the things that I believe is that the people that we met as we were walking up and down the street knew that we loved each other. I mean, I bought Barry some cinnamon rolls. He bought me a, bought me a hot chocolate. And we were together not just because we work for New Life. We were together because we're brothers in Jesus and we wanted to share the love of Jesus with others. And in this time, it's simple things like that that can show the love of Jesus. And I said to Barry when we went back, I felt a little bit bad. that That's the first time we'd actually done that. Because there's no better way to show the love of Jesus than through simple acts of kindness as we did that day. Right now, these tangible expressions, you know, calling a, a, a friend or an elderly neighbor who can't get out. And none of us really are out much these days. At least we shouldn't be. We can just do those simple little things to show the love of Jesus with one another. Now, our last passage points out something that we were talking about for several weeks before we interrupted that series to talk these last couple weeks about what's going on in the world around us, and that's talking about experiencing the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Ephesians 5, 15 to 21, and let's read what the Apostle Paul wrote there. He said, "'So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise.'" Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We could do a whole series of messages on that brief passage, and we actually have. But right now, we want to focus on one simple thing. The power source for trusting Jesus and loving each other is the Holy Spirit. The power source for trusting Jesus and loving each other is the Holy Spirit. We do need to be careful how we live in these days. One of the things the Bible does so often is it simplifies reality. The Bible says there are only three kinds of people. There are wise people, foolish people, and evil people. We want to be wise in this time. You know, we we want to make sure we're not afraid of things, but washing your hands is a pretty wise thing to do these days. Social distancing, that's a wise thing to do in these days. So we want to be wise. But then what does Paul say next? He says we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says it's not just a one-time thing. I like how Paul contrasts two things. He says don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Now, think about this for a minute. How many times a day can you get drunk with wine? At least one, if you wanted to. But Paul says, don't do that. That will ruin your life. And then he says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how many times a day are we supposed to do that? Well, at least one. Because the the verb construction in the Greek, it's a present passive imperative, which basically says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again in times like this. Call for that to happen so frequently. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in times of doubt so that we remember to trust Jesus and so that we have the courage to go ahead and love each other. When we have the Holy Spirit's power and presence, Paul tells us several things will happen. We're able to sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. I I so enjoyed the worship this evening. Here at New Life, and as we are watching, I can't help it, folks. That whole thing of I'm live right now. I really am live right now, and uh, I enjoyed being in the worship center with the worship team, worshiping God, singing praises. And when when I leave the worship center, twenty four seven, I still have those songs in my heart. That Waymaker song, it just won't leave me right now. And uh, and we all need that. We all need because the Holy Spirit's in us. We have the assurance that we can sing and praise God. What else can we do? We can give thanks. Even in a moment like this, we can give thanks to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it says we can also submit to one another. We can help and love and serve one another in Jesus' name. Those are the kind of things that happen when we know Jesus and when we trust him in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you something I would like to say right now. This is all going to be better in a couple weeks. Everything's going to be back to normal. But I can't tell you that. Here's what I can tell you. When we trust Jesus and love each other, tomorrow may be uncertain, but we don't need to doubt. You know, the man who came with his boy, possessed by a demon, needing deliverance for that son, when he walked away, his son was better. His son was whole and well. Jesus did that. When Jesus said to his disciples, love one another, and by this will all people know you're my disciples, that you have love for one another. They did love one another. In fact, they loved each other so much that their movement that started in Jerusalem moved out and it has covered the world. And it has lasted right up to this very day. If Jesus is not Lord and Savior in your life right now, this very moment, there's never been a better time to make him Savior and Lord in your life. Lord means owner master it means he gets to tell us what to do savior means that jesus has saved us from sin and death in a moment we're going to put a prayer up on the screen and i want you if you're ready right now to trust jesus savior and lord to pray that prayer with me let's look at it heavenly father thank you for jesus i admit i need him to be savior and lord in my life right now please come in and take charge i surrender myself to you Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it doesn't matter where you are right now. I know most of you are in your homes. Maybe you're at work. Wherever you are, right now, you can pray that prayer, and Jesus Christ can become Lord and Savior in your life. And I'm encouraging you to pray that prayer with me right now. If you need Jesus to give you courage for your doubts, to give you the ability to love one another. Right now, that might not be easy to do. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I admit I need him to be Savior and Lord in my life right now. Please come in and take charge. I surrender myself to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For everyone who prayed that prayer just now, For everyone who has already prayed that prayer at some time, we can do the next step for this week ahead. And here it is. I will trust Jesus and love others in the Holy Spirit's power each day. I will trust Jesus and love others in in the Holy Spirit's power each day. Now that's not a magic formula to make everything better. What it is is a supernatural reality for everyone who has trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord in our lives. It's a supernatural reality that we can all experience. And right now, maybe you believe that, but maybe you need to believe it a little bit more. The good news is when the father said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief, Jesus didn't say get lost. He healed his son. He gave the man more faith. And he, he, he gave the man more power to believe. So if that's you, if that's me right now, we all need a little more faith we can receive it in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that right now you are with us. Wherever we are, you are with us. And God, I thank you for those who prayed to receive Jesus Savior and Lord right now. This very day. I pray, God, that you will bless them. I pray that you will fill them right now with your Holy Spirit and do that every single day. I, God, I, God, I pray that for all of us. That we will be filled with your Holy Spirit. That whatever happens today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, that we will believe in you and not doubt. That we will trust in you, Jesus. And that we will love each other. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.